Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at chumbacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another thrilling episode of Broadway Breakdown. I am one half of your hosts, Jahan Wiskavajay. And I am three quarters of your other hosts, Matt Koplik. It's true. (laughs) From the shin down, there's nothing. (laughs) We are recording from kind of our old digs, kind of our old stomping ground. It's, um... Yeah. It's Matthew's mother's apartment, but we're actually in Matt's childhood bedroom, right? That, <laughs> no, not childhood bedroom. Teenage bedroom? No. Adult bedroom. Yeah, I didn't grow up in this apartment. Uh, oh. This apartment is new, or it's in the family. Uh, it's, about, it's a three-year-old apartment. Oh, well... So there so, yeah. goes my whole there, bit. There goes, there goes my goes whole bit about there being half naked posters of Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas hanging on the walls. Although actually, still believable. Still believable. Absolutely, I would totally do that. I did not know that they made these kind of such, such graphic posters of Jonathan of wait, JTT. Wait, do they do those posters actually exist? Of him like being half naked and whatnot? You know what? I think that deserves a Google search because I want the government to start tracking me. Please do. By searching half-naked Jonathan <laughs> Taylor Thomas. I'm sorry to uh, not yes ands John with that whole thing. But no, yes, we are at my mom's apartment. New room, though. New room, new us. Uh, yeah, new room, new us. Yeah, I feel like it's just fun that we constantly are moving around on this podcast. New locations all the damn time. I like being a vagabond yeah like 007 and i like to vagabond with you yeah i vagabond with you on this oh, podcast okay there, yeah. oh, there, oh. there are some there are some well kind of it's a little pixelated but like that's like if oh. you were, if you were like a teenager that like oh i'd spank it to that, that photo would, yeah that would get so, you going. so this is a pixelated photo of jonathan taylor thomas in what must be a screenshot from a movie or a it tv looks, show it, Jonathan it, Taylor Thomas in general pictures. Which yeah, I don't know. If he's that's shirtless and in a bathing suit, but it looks like he's sort of at a swim meet or something. Yeah, and let me tell you, frosted the, tips and everything. The swim meet looks delicious. Oh <laughs> wait, and then there's this guy. Do you remember him? Was what was his deal? He was the villain in Ten Things villain. I Hate on Ten Things I Hate yes. About You. Uh, but he had shorter hair. His hair is super long there. He now does. we're just looking up '90s. Uh, well, they're all coming. Porn. Up. They're all coming up now. I honestly didn't know. They're getting me up. So, anywho. 
We are in, not in my childhood bedroom, folks, but we are in the room that I lived in for a year and a half after I went and took it out on my own, <laughs> took it out on my own for four years in Harlem and then couldn't afford to do it for a while and moved into this apartment and slept in a pullout couch in what is a very nice room, but it it's is, but nice it's clearly room. not meant to be a bedroom. It's meant to be like a sitting room. Yeah. Yeah. There are, but there's like really cute photos. There's a couple what I've described as idols. Like yeah. if, I feel like if I broke that it would haunt me like i feel like this one statue is a statue in this room that definitely if you broke it it's like the statue in a brady bunch that if you got like grape juice on it yeah this whole big curse yeah bobby would curse the whole family my life basically is cindy brady how are you matt tell me things just living my best life as jan you know (laughs) um woof woof jan (laughs) for my new boyfriend george glass uh, yeah, things are kind of like, okay, I'm heading to my last week of my day job, everybody. Woot, woot. Yay. Yes. Insert copious applause. You really like me. You really like me. Um, yeah. I'm actually about to see a shit ton of theater in the next two weeks. That'll be exciting for our oh, next episode. I saw episode. a show. You I saw a show? I didn't even tell you. Well, well, let's get to that in a second, folks. John saw, saw culture. Um, I did. John got cultured real fast. Yeah. I've got a bunch of stuff coming up myself. Funny story. <laughs> So I was sort of dragging my feet about going to see uh, Madame Laura Benanti in My Fair Lady, not because I was not excited to see her, but mm. I'd seen it already and mom was on a budget. Yeah, of course. But the New York Times review came out and said, no, she's amazing. And well, I don't, yeah, yeah and she, I mean, she is amazing. But I found a link ticks available for <gasps> February 14th and I said, I won't be working. I, 25 bucks, I'll do it. It's That's Valentine's, your Valentine's Day. Day present to yourself. <laughs> so while all you peoples in relationships do relationship things, I'm taking my sweet ass to see my fur lady. Uh, so that's exciting for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that's basically like getting some on Valentine's Day. That's great. Or up Nancy's voice can get me pregnant all she wants. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. Enough about me and my stupid life. How are you in your so-called life? Well, um, a lot of what's going on I can't talk about yet. So, thanks. No, um, Great. End of the episode, everybody. <laughs> and thanks for listening to Broadway Breakdown. Be sure to subscribe. And, yeah, and like um, it's five stars. Like takes away the shots. Um, no, honestly, I, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. I've been very stressed out. I have some fun things on the horizon, but I can't, like I said, I can't really talk about them yet. Mm. Um, my seasonal affective disorder is in full swang. Mm. So, um... I put the wang back in full swang. Yeah. I, the scruff like, is here and I, it's looking schmexy though. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, I um when I get sad, I don't like putting a razor to my face. Not because I'm afraid I'm going to do anything. Um, shaving just hurts. <laughs> my God. No, you know what I mean. No, no, I know what you mean. No, but like, no one sh- shaving is the worst. I, th- I feel shaving is terrible. I feel, I feel that I've said that before in this podcast, but let me read it right. Yeah, you girls out there think it's so hard to get pregnant and to carry a baby. Try shaving your face. <laughs> that's real that's real that's hardship. real hardship no um i really do hate shaving and for some reason um the last couple days my i don't know if it's my diet or what but my chin has had like a lovely outbreak of just mm. acne and so i've decided mm-hmm. to just keep a little scruff because also scruff makes me scruff makes me happy i enjoy scruff you look good um, with scruff thank you but yeah so i have yeah, I'm I'm fully I wake up every morning and I thank God that um I'm alive, I guess. And 
I no, it, it's it, it's not pre-recorded. It, it's really interesting. It's uh, I knew it was gonna come. I knew that coming from Florida, that I was eventually gonna get really sad being back in New York, and mm-hmm. it surely hit. And this is the cross I must bear. I try to be very vocal about it. I try to talk to friends about it a lot without being Eeyore. I, I never want to be the Eeyore friend. So I also try to, maybe this isn't good. I try to um, kind of give two or three people the brunt of my sadness <laughs> and my therapist. Sure. But um, I, I try to, I try to like, give them the real window so that I'm at least expressing it to someone. But yeah, I just, it's, it's so gray and it's so cold all the time and my body hurts all the time. Yeah. And I wake up and um, see no point to continue on. So- <laughs> um, well, to be fair, it is two degrees outside. We are we are filming as I take my sweater off. I suddenly got very warm talking. Yeah. Well, it's hot in here. I got I got toasty talking about my depression. <laughs> mm. um, no, it, it, it's very cold today. Yeah. We are we are filming. I, we're recording. recording. We're recording with. Uh, not new mics, but mics we haven't used since Tyler's yeah. studio, Tyler Milliron Studio. Tyler Milliron graciously gave us these mics. Yes, Tyler um, Plug. We love Tyler. Love He's, Tyler Milliron. Love uh, a Tyler Plug almost as much as the butt plug. But mm-hmm. I put a butt plug in Tyler Milliron. There's a two for one right there, baby. Uh, there's, that's... No, there's nothing like objectifying your straight friends and yeah. just and just when they aren't in the room, just talking about them with of the butt plug. Course. Yeah, I do it all the time. His if butthole you're... is pulsating right now, and he's. I'm pretty sure he knows why he's like oh god they're talking about me but whole I know sense it. is tingling <laughs> yeah no i i do that to my straight friends all the time i um objectify them and mm-hmm. treat them as sexual objects because if <laughs> they treat me like a handbag so why not yes they treat us like sparkly little poodles little manila um, bonics i was gonna say it is very cold outside for yes. those of you john was wearing a cardigan that he just stripped off very sexily Ooh. i am wearing um a knitted cap still on my head and a very large chunky sweater that my mother told me not 10 minutes ago was kind of feminine oh i told her it was french so no i could i could see you in a lifetime movie though with two hands cupping a cup of tea and looking out the window and thinking you know todd seems different yeah Is, is he spending more time at the office what why did a woman answer his phone? This this sweater is very much giving me Meredith Baxter, Bernie, sleeping okay. with my serial killer. <laughs> like I, I love it. Um, and what's funny is I've actually been wearing a beanie almost all week because my head has been so cold. But yeah. I had two auditions today, and <laughs> don't worry, they were tragic. No one's worrying about you, John. <laughs> no, but um, I. I, I've been very beanied too. Yeah. We're beans of a feather. Oh my two beans and a two beans on a pod. <gasps> oh my god. That should be why did we ever call ourselves Broadway Breakdown? That should two beans in a pod. And then we could bring in every other week Beanie Feldstein. <laughs> Beanie Feldman? Beanie Jew. Beanie we, <laughs> she went to Stasia Manor Performing Arts Center with me. Oh, did you? Um, did you well, I, don't, I, didn't, I did not know her. She, apparently, we overlapped like one summer. Who's, who's her brother? Seth Rogen? Jonah, Jonah Hill. Ah. But my good friend Amanda is very good friends with her. Amanda Hawkins. Hi. Uh, oh, 
I know Oh, you know her. Amanda. You do know Amanda. Did Didn't I, you? Amanda? Did, did we you? go to the same school? I think, you, I think you did. But I graduated before her. I'm an old dinosaur. Yes, you're very old. <laughs> no, it's true. People I, all the time. And she's also quite young. People all the time are <laughs> ask me, oh, do you know this person from Point Park? And I'll go, oh, what class are they in? And they'll say, oh, you know, I think they were class of 2017. And I was like, yeah, I was out of school. Um three four years by the time that they even started mm-hmm. so um but it's cool you know i um i love being old i love when ar- archaeologists dig me up from the ground and use those soft little brushes and go and just like wipe off my um the the, the soot and the um the uh the, the the what's the what's the crystallized amber <laughs> I'm not even saying anything. I'm just Crystallized doing... Amber would be a good drag name. The coffee is kicking in. <laughs> welcome, Sorry. please welcome to the stage. Crystallized, Crystallized Amber. Amber. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. So John got cultured recently since our last podcast. What was the theater that you saw, John? John. 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 Um, I saw. I was at the opening performance of um, True West at Roundabout, starring no Ethan Hawke and Paul Dano. Paul Dano. And there's another, there's a, it's a four character uh, play. There's mm-hmm. a, an actor who plays in a, kind of a LA. Like a Hollywood, age, yeah, Hollywood yeah, agent. Yeah, just like, like a, a, sev- a 70s era agent and then their mother character who comes in at the very end of the play i was very i was unfamiliar with the play mm-hmm. um loved the production mm-hmm. i have somehow gone and this is not a hyperbole or an exaggeration i've somehow gone my whole life without ever seeing ethan hawk acting i've never seen him in a movie i have never seen him in a play I I knew his name. I think for a while I got him confused with Tony Hawk, <laughs> the skateboarder. Sure. Do you remember when Tony Hawk was yeah. really big when we were kids? Yeah, I totally remember. And and so I just I couldn't tell one hawk from another. And um, two hawks of a feather. Yeah, two two hawks in the hand are worth eleven in the bush. Um, I love him. Yeah, he's a really wonderful actor. He really um. Yeah, I I honestly was blown away by his performance. And Paul Dano, who, uh, you know, the the play is about these two brothers. One is a screenwriter who's trying to get one of his scripts uh, sold to this big producer, and they're going to make a movie out of it. And he's he's house-sitting his mother's place. Somewhere in the desert. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's in the desert. Yeah, I don't exactly remember where. It's in Nevada, they, but it's no. I think it all is in California, but it's it's a very dry. Is, isn't it? I it's think. it's it's driving distance of L.A. because yeah, they the agent character comes in and out a couple of times. Yes. Uh, there are sequences of the brothers where they go do something outside of the house and come back. Like it's yeah, there's it's in oh, the they desert. Don't, they don't do that in this one. Well, no, they don't. I don't mean that. Oh, you see but them you leave, mean, but yes, yes, stuff yes, happens yes. off stage that they talk yes. about that happened within those yes. like scene transitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but um, yeah, I was super unfamiliar with the play, but so the Paul Dano character is more reserved, kind of um, your typical uh, Oscar, what's his face from like The Odd Couple. What's that character's name? Uh, uh, Oscar. Oscar. Uh, Did you say her last name? Uh, no, no, uh, no. Uh, it's no, it's Felix Unger. That's because, it. Because you know, F U. We're out. We're out of cornflakes. F U. Felix. Yeah. It took me two hours to realize F U stood for Felix Unger. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um. 
And so he's kind of, you know, the more conservative kind of dorky one. And then his brother, played by Ethan Hawke, is an absolute mess, drunk, homeless person. Mm-hmm. Quite dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> Very dangerous. Um, quite unhinged. And it is about the two of them kind of dealing with their shit that they have never dealt with before. And it's absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, it is intense. It is very funny. I loved this production. Um, Paul Dano really does an amazing job of going from this really... I mean, at first I was, I kind of thought, oh, wow, Ethan Hawke is overshadowing him. Yeah. Um, but then when the time comes, he really pulls his own in an amazing way. Um, and yeah, Ethan Hawke, I feel that he should be at least nominated for something. If the, if I think the nominators should remember him because he is, um, he's doing some out of this world shit up there Mm -hmm. that you go, was he drunk during rehearsal? And because that was maybe the only way he could have found that moment. Um, he, he was amazing. And, um, the cherry on the cake do you put cherries on cake sundays you said well no you, you it's, can't it's put a, thursday you could <laughs> fuck you you could put a cherry on a cake the expression is on a sunday the cherry on the sunday is the cherry on the whipped cream on the f- um the, I regret ch- everything. The, the cherry on the cherry jones was <laughs> um that during intermission i turned behind me and you know i was in the second row on opening night because i the, the circles i run in yeah. i'm just gonna say the circles i run in are like a dog chasing its tail but i run in that circle you put the um, loose and exclusive i do i also put the um if an exclusive i just keep going what happened I, next john <laughs> i turned around and i i've been sick for since we recorded the last podcast i've been quite sick i know i checked in on you a couple of times because i'm a good friend i, I didn't offer I, you anything i don't no. remember any of that because I honestly just, it was i was such a mess no but i just texted I you because i didn't want to catch anything i appreciate it um well that's smart but i uh i was so sick and i was coughing and you know drinking water and i turn to look around because i just you know i i I wanted to see if I knew anyone who was there. And I immediately, immediately lock eyes with Jake Gyllenhaal. Have mm. you ever locked eyes with Jake Gyllenhaal? Um, from about 11 p.m. to 11.05 p.m. in my bed. Yeah. It is a religious experience okay. to... He... I know that when you're a rich person, you are... It's You have easy access to skin creams and ointments Mm -hmm. and exfoliations and all and you know his face is his business he made me look a hundred years old i mean which isn't hard to do but he made me look a hundred years old i i mean we locked eyes and my immediate thought was vampire like he he his skin is porcelain flawless Mm -hmm. he is so attractive you see him and you immediately go movie star yeah um and he, I've heard rumors about him. We you all know, have. You know, that, that he is on the DL, that he has, uh, not exclusivity, what is it? Non-disclosure agreements. Um, yeah, that he, with, that, with women. And, and with men. Oh, and men, okay. Yeah. Um, that's what I've heard from, from up there, sources. But I, I am here to tell you that I don't think those are true. Because he was wearing... The ugliest fucking shirt I've ever seen. 
<laughs> it was so fucking straight. I, it was this moment of, I, I locked eyes with him. I realized it was him. I, I mean, my heart became erect. And then I looked and saw what he was wearing and went, oh. <laughs> he, he, he was wearing kind of this weird silk. And um, I, I know that sounds gay, but um, it was this weird kind of silky bowling shirt that was this weird kind of gray, dark purple color with this weird ugly dark trim a gay man would never wear it so i'm here to tell you that jake gyllenhaal is straight and then unless and then some pr person was like we need to get you in this shirt we we need to put you in we need is going to see you at true west and is going to lock eyes with you we need to nip this in his bud now i can't believe this happened to me again Let's talk about uh, oh god the uh, pre-recorded elephant in the room. I'm certainly I'm certainly dressed for this topic, uh, which is rent live. Three tall women. Oh, Three tall women. <laughs> rent live. Rent not live. Rent kind of live. Rent all the things. Sure. Do you want to start or shall I? Sure, I'll start. Um, <laughs> I'll start with something that's very blunt. Before we go into the actual thing, I'll go on my little soapbox for a second and just say. I did not like it, but it's nobody's fault that I didn't like it because I personally feel that these live musical events are set up to fail. Yeah. And I, even, even the best case scenarios like the Jesus Christ Superstar live and Greece live, I don't think are representative of musical theater. I think on one hand you have Greece live, which was a great uh, example of, Taking Aaron, advantage, Tveit. Aaron Tveit's thighs and taking advantage of TV as a medium. They like, got to do a lot of... They're like, these are all the cool things you can do on TV that you can't right. do on stage. I'm like, sure, right. great, love it. Um, not a good musical experience, though. And then Jesus Christ Superstar, I just thought was a really phenomenal concert. Not really, like, a musical show I, event. I still haven't watched Jesus Christ Superstar. It's good. It, and by good, I mean it's entertaining. You're never bored. The singing, for the most part, is very strong. Yeah. Uh, best case scenario, again, with these things is we get... And the... So... As we get... As we get... Sorry, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, but we know this about me, so fucking deal with it. When they cast these things, I also think we're sort of setting them up to fail because you have either TV actors who are not comfortable with musicals or pop singers aren't comfortable with musicals or you have musical theater actors who are not super comfortable with TV. And sometimes you get a happy accident like Brandon Victor Dixon on Rent Live oh. or Jesus Christ Superstar Live who just can bring it all. Oh, he can. Um, or you get Audrey McDonald's in Sound of Music who just fucking tears the roof down. Yeah. But, you know, people like Carrie Underwood are not familiar with musicals and people like the pop singers in Rent Live don't do musical theater. So this is really their first exposure to acting. And it's like what high stakes it is for your first acting class, you know? It is. So I don't blame them. I, I think everyone involved tried. I just don't think that it can truly succeed. I think if we're going to do this again, and no one's listening to me who has power anyway, so I'll just say it anyway. They need to create musicals for these events, not adapt Broadway ones. Because the Broadway ones were written for a specific medium to be listen to for a specific amount of time you know an hour intermission another hour and you add the commercial breaks you rewrite it for tv you mix things around for tv mm-hmm. it's they don't feel complete they feel broken up so right i say write something 
Mm. Where you, with musical theater writers and TV writers, where they can cater to some of these TV stars, pop stars, whatnot, and write them in ways that can lead up to commercial breaks and come out of commercial breaks and things like that. And I think that will actually be at its most inventive and most successful rather than taking like Bye Bye Birdie going, okay, where can we find nine commercial breaks in this thing? Right. Because it's not meant for that. I um, I completely agree with that. I've, I've never thought of that myself, but what a, what a great idea. Because I mean, truly, it's the other thing that always baffles me about these live musicals is why are we only doing musicals that already have movie versions of the musicals that exist yeah sometimes multiple movie movie yeah. versions of, of these of these musicals and so it's just um i don't know if anyone's ever really gonna want to sit down and watch rent live again because there's already the movie yeah and then there's already the final performance of rent on broadway filmed that you could watch and then you multiple know, recordings you can just listen to yeah and and so it that's what baffles me and so that's why actually your idea i think is wonderful <laughs> for uh, once oh thank no, you um no i really well, do, i really do think that's great because i mean you you look at the success of, it's people could argue but that's such a risk yeah but la la land was such a, a risk was yeah. la la land 100 successful no but I mean, critically, it kind of was. Crit- and, critically and, and, and financially and, and, and speaking. And financially, yeah. yes. It, and I still haven't seen it, but Greatest Showman has been very popular. Well, yeah, so, Greatest Showman was great. What, what led me to this conclusion was, so I watched Rent Live Tuesday, which you could argue wasn't watching it live, but the telecast wasn't live, but we'll get to that. Um, and the next day... I had a hankering for watching the Brandy Cinderella because I remembered, Ugh. well, because I remembered those ABC yeah. TV movie musicals and the Brandy Cinderella and the Kathy Bates Annie, I think are the two most successful versions of that. Yeah. And I was watching it. I was watching the Brandy Cinderella going like, how did, why did this work? Why did this work as well as it did? And part of it is because the original version of it was written for TV, the one with Julie Andrews. Right. And they just readapted it for TV. Yes. And they had a tel- they had a screenwriter who was like, this is where the commercial breaks are going to go. This is how this is going to go. Mm-hmm. They brought on a music team that said, let's adapt these songs to our talent. Let's mm-hmm. add new songs for mm-hmm. the talent that we already have. They brought in a song for Bernadette Peters. Right. The stepmother from didn't Boys have from song. Syracuse. Yeah. Right? yeah. Was, with, and they, they literally, I looked all this up because I'm a nerd. I was like, I want to do research on this thing. The director, the director and the writer went to the Rogers and Hammerstein and say, and they're like, listen, if we're going to do this, we need your full permission to make changes and add whatever we want. Yeah, and they and Rogers and Hammerstein were like, you just got to convince us it's artistically sound. Like, you you can do it, but you also just got to be like, here's why we want to do it. We're not going to say no, just convince us. And Are they you did. sure they didn't say um as long as it's artistically sound of music? <laughs> I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. Um, I think. <laughs> you. Uh, I did read that they, the one that took the longest to convince them was giving Bernadette Peters falling in love with love. Because they're like, I don't think this song makes sense for the stepmother. And they're like, well, this is the arrangement we're doing. And they went, oh, okay. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, Brandy is not a musical theater actress. No. But I mean, that does Whitney. No, but they put those songs into arrangements that worked for them. That mm-hmm. were, but, but they still had a 50-piece orchestra and sounded lush and yes. old school while still sounding contemporary. It, just, it worked. And I watched it. I was like, this is what they need to do. They need to take stories and create them in a way that can work for TV rather than taking things that were written for a different medium and trying yeah. to force them into a frame that they weren't meant for. It's possible for a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carriage. It's possible for a plain country bumpkin and a prince to join a marriage. And for white mice are easily turned to horses. 
also will take this moment, and I'm sure so many of you homosexuals out there have experienced this, but um, if you have not watched the Brandy Cinderella behind-the-scenes making a video on YouTube, it is, without a doubt, the greatest work of cinema that exists. Um, it is narrated by a Bernadette Peters that looks like they came to her in her trailer during makeup at 5 a.m. when we're like, uh, Miss Peters, um, we forgot. Do you mind narrating this? And, and she... Of course. She, and she, but, like, I used to go around town. Sometimes instead of anything, I would just... My, my brain would automatically go to, but Brandy's real Cinderella story was about to begin. <laughs> like, it's, it's so stupid. Um, and it's so great. And then the best thing that has ever happened to gay men happens during this behind-the-scenes tape where you were in rehearsals with Brandy and Whitney and, Whitney and Brandy tries marking and it, yeah, Whitney, Whitney well, gives her the so business. She does. They're, they're, they're in the music room rehearsing Impossible mm-hmm. and they're trying to... I don't know if Brandy's marking, but they're she sings it down. Yeah, the, I well, think she's. I think she's marking. Okay, yeah, because well, Brandy's a full blown out, so like right. I don't think can go past a B. Uh, and she, they're they're singing impossible, and they're trying to like figure out the harmonies, and Brandy's going like impossible. To which Whitney goes, "Why, Why are, are you, you down, down there? there?" And then they cut immediately to her going possible. So on to Rent Lahiv. Um, yes, back to back to back to that. Yeah, back to before. Um, <laughs> great. So I said my spiel. I'm gonna pass the ball to you, John, and then we'll go back and forth. We'll dribble. I'm receiving the ball. Um, I will also begin with a disclaimer. If you know me in any way, shape, or form, you know that I just don't like Rent. Mm-hmm. I um. When I got into musicals, even though it should have been right around the time of it still should have been applicable and angsty to me, and I, I should have found it super artsy, and oh, I see what they're doing here with La Boheme, and oh, the musical themes, and mm-hmm. oh, these recitatives on the phone with the parents that are a cappella. Um, yeah, all the things on paper, you know add up to go, yeah, John would bottom for this. I will not even put rent in my mouth. I, um, (laughs) I hate it. And I wish I didn't. I've given it so many chances. I saw the national tour. The, The first thing I did in my college experience, literally, I moved into my dorm met a bunch of my classmates that night and then all of us went and bought tickets to go see the national tour run at the Benedis Hello my baby Hello my darling We all went to go see Rent at the Benedum Center in Pittsburgh which is this huge house and everyone in the cast was so talented I had already seen the movie which I was Yeah, the movie's the movie But I... Everyone was so talented, and I just sat there the whole time, and I just thought, wow, I hate this. <laughs> um, and so, it, I, I, I mean, that's, that's the thing. And that was the other thing when I, you know, I, I am me. I am, I am my own wife. I, I am me. Um, this is me. No, no, that's over. Cut it. Done. Moving on. Um, I, and so I, I, I of course, had to live tweet. Rent live or sure. rent recorded, um, 
<clears throat> but I, I refused to be, even though I was snarky, even though I had a bit of a bite mm-hmm. to everything that I said, I refused to be a person who made fun of anyone who was up there trying Knowing that it was a dress rehearsal and mm-hmm. knowing that these people aren't musical theater actors, um, I would never poo-poo anyone on social media that way because I have sucked in many things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I... This podcast. But I, exactly. But I just hate the show so much. So everything came from a place of just poking fun at Rent. Sure. Um, and so... Uh, and, you know, I, I don't even mind taking this time uh, to really, I, I don't, I, I, I wish I didn't hate it. I, I, I really do. Um, but I just do. <laughs> You're just... not the only one who hates it. Many people hate it. I, <sighs> there's something wrong, in my opinion, with a show where... Every 12-year-old in the country can listen to it and go, this show gets me. Yes. <laughs> and that's that's exactly it. I think every character is is a silhouette of your teenage angst without yeah. any real I, without any real development, but with very real AIDS or HIV. And, and, so, that, and so that's why I feel yeah. bad about it because it's these people who have i mean their stories are these characters are, are just you know i want to empathize with them but at the same time you know I, I i tweeted something the other day if any single character anyone came up to you for from rent if any character came up mm-hmm. to you at a party and started talking to you within four minutes you'd be like oh i gotta i gotta yeah. go oh my yeah wow oh man so sad oh, oh my dog sitter died like you know you you would just i i cannot relate any of the characters because I just find them so gosh darn juvenile and annoying. Yeah, they are. Well, I really loved Rent for a period of my life. Yeah. That was when I was 12 to 15. Yeah. Uh, you know, my most sophisticated. Yes. And I will say, watching Rent Live, I was reminded that I, I don't care what anyone says about the show and lord knows i agree with you about the characters yeah i think that score is still really fantastic um i don't i don't I, like the score i think I the music is so good um i, I think the lyrics are strong there are times when i'm like i think are, the lyrics are laughable I, there's well i there are some ly- lyrics that i find laughable that have won tony awards and oscars and pulitzers that i'm like <sighs> that everyone goes on about so like that's all up for grabs. There are yeah. songs where I'm like, these lyrics need to die. There are other songs where I'm like, that's a good lyric. Um, my issue with Rent, and it's part of the reason why it succeeds, is its earnestness is enticing, but also mm. points out all of its flaws. Yes. And the truth is that it's the works that are the most honest, and not honest, but uh, heartfelt and like, unaware of themselves that tend to get the most commercial success I would say like when you look at La La Land and Greatest Showman those are movies that are just 100% like I am passionate about this and yada yada I'd still argue that La La Land is just is more intelligent in terms of its structure and its conversations whereas Rent and Greatest Showman they're like what's intelligence Uh, Mm. but that's that's a whole other subject to talk about one day Rent there's 10 seconds in Rent where a homeless woman calls out the characters for them being selfish and using other people's misery to exploit like their creativity mm-hmm. um, and then that woman goes away and I'm like that woman should be the narrator yeah. not Mark because she gets it she does um, exactly and I think that y- 
updating Lab OM to you know the East Village circa that period is such an interesting idea. But then what you realize is that you don't know really what these people are protesting. The establishment, yeah, the gentrification. It's... Half of them come from like good homes and just chose to leave so they could like suffer and then there are people who actually are suffering because the system worked against them right um yeah. so i don't know if you you don't watch crazy ex-girlfriend do you um i watched the first season okay uh i'm not spoiler for people who are not cut up but fuck you anyway we're so far into the, <laughs> oh, we're, we're so far into the final Angry season fan over here no i'm just I'm, I'm not like fuck you for not being caught up just like we're so far into the final season at this point uh the main character rebecca uh played by rachel bloom it, is that her name? Yes. Yeah. Um, she goes to jail for like a hot second um, for uh, attempted murder. That's like, it was, she was framed. It's a whole like crazy twist. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, we've all been there. Point is, she was originally offered a plea that she turned down because she was like, I need to do my penance. I need to like, I need to do this time for myself. Like, I deserve this. And she, and the whole point of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is that she has all these musical numbers in her head. It's how she sort of perceives the world. It's very Amelie. And... Mm she's in a like therapy group at prison with all these women and she's like tell your story of how you got into prison and she's trying to make it all like cell block tango-y mm-hmm. and each woman's story is just like more awful than the other because it's um uh it's what are the there are like two levels of prison you know what I'm talking about there's like one where like the murderers go and one where it's more like you serve like six to twelve months or like yeah there's six... like it's prison light yeah yeah exactly um the orange is the new black like that kind of prison yeah um and so one woman's like, uh, I got caught shoplifting a sweater. And uh, a white woman's like, oh, I got caught too. I got three months. How long did you get? Two years. The other one, right. two years is black. Um, and another woman's like, I was texting my daughter that I would you know, that I was on my way to her recital. I was in the car and I hit and killed like a person. It's so mm-hmm. like that. And uh, they're like, well, what's your story? And she goes, well, the judge didn't want to send me to the prison, but I said, no, anyway, I got to do my time. And everybody's like, wait a second, you chose to be here? Yeah. And that is sort of, to me, rent, where it's like yeah. people who are actually struggling because the system does not work for them yeah. are like the side minor characters in the like support group or the homeless people on the street who are like, no, I'm actually fucked because the world is against me. Right. And you come from like Greenwich, Connecticut, and you're like funk having microwaves i want to live in a loft and starve because i'm a filmmaker but i don't want to actually be successful because i just want to make art on my like living room wall how do you document real life when real life's getting more like fiction each day headlines breadlines blow my mind and now this deadline eviction or pay So, all that being said, um, what, uh, what do we think is going to happen next? Do we know what the next live is? Hair is the next one oh, on right. NBC, and I think which it's around Easter. An, which is another musical that already has a movie of mm-hmm. it. Granted, it's been a, it's been a minute since, yeah. the, since the movie was made. But it's also another... It's another show where right off the bat, the first thing everyone thinks of is, are they going to be naked? Yeah. Like, within the context of the show, there's so many things that don't lend themselves to TV. And so that's why I just don't get that. I get it because the songs are amazing mm-hmm. and the music is great. And I'm sure they're going to get amazing singers for it. Have they cast it already? I don't think there's a cast yet. Or at least it hasn't been announced. Cool. Um, yeah. It's it's just it's question yeah. mark. I mean, I just, yeah, I just don't. I don't like these musicals that we know because then there's also there's already preconceived notion of how they work and and uh, judgment that already comes with it. I feel like 
they choose these titles because they're known and people are aware of them and they're like it's a, such a safe bet because the songs mm-hmm. are so good and it's it's been nationally decided that these songs are good and that people want to listen to it but like I would be so interested if they were like we are creating a new TV live musical event yep. with a with a screen uh, teleplay from Tina Fey and Mike Share from The Good Place and it's going to have a score written by Paskin Paul starring uh Kristen Bell and Justin Timberlake and it's oh. and you know Megan Mullally is also in there like just oh, I'm already Yeah. Sold. Well and and you're like well I want to know what that's going to sound like. I want to know what's going to be like but what's here, it about but here's the other thing that we always you know we haven't said blatantly out loud the person who was giving the final okay who is at the top of fox at the top mm-hmm. of all these companies uh i'm sure know nothing about musicals of course not and so you literally have to realize that the person who's okaying it goes oh yes i've heard of rent yeah well it's <laughs> let's let's be honest here when it comes to all things tv and movies the bottom line is always to make money yes um i do not believe for a second anybody who made the okay on these things said this is going to be culturally important yeah we're going to make sure that some middle schooler in minnesota knows that he's not alone when angel sings today for you tomorrow like that's not what he's thinking uh, he's thinking about money. But I feel this it's the same thing I say about Disney with these live action remakes. I get they're, you know, trying to make as quick a buck as they can, as sure a buck as they can. But you think about think about the things that uh make the most money for Disney are the are their original things. Cause mm-hmm. Frozen, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, they're legacies that artistically are sound, but also if, if you want to talk money make them so much money think of the merchandise the soundtracks the yeah. stage shows they they then go into that original content is the way of the game that's what has everlasting yes. stuff remakes and reprints make an easy quick buck but then after that there's nothing there's no end yeah. of the line there yeah i mean definitely the bottom line is money and then like the verse line is like <laughs> the verse line is just you know we're we're going to we're going to bring back Okay, here's the other... Sorry, I'm, I, I have so many thoughts right now just sure. because of this. I... It drives me a little bit crazy that it's just... we. Does anyone else feel like we're just in the twilight zone in all the ways and that our generation or currently what's going on in every waking moment of our life is just people refusing to let go of the past and so mm-hmm. everything is just a remake? The reasons why we're doing these movie musicals is because it was something that they used to do years ago mm-hmm. and so we're doing that. But then we keep making movie music or the TV show televised musicals that already have. So we're just remaking. We're just constantly remaking. We're a, a live action uh, um, uh, Lion King, live mm-hmm. action, this, live action, that. We're just we're constantly remaking, and it's um, it, and it just it, it, yeah, it frustrates me because I just want I want new shit. Why why don't why why do we keep reinventing the wheel? I want I want someone to reinvent or I want someone to invent a, a new, new wheel. A, a, no, I don't even want a uh. wheel. I want a I, I want a a wheel butt plug. Well, you know I <laughs> yeah, no, I know I absolutely know what you mean. The the truth is that they take longer to create uh things like that and when it comes to hollywood they want it done as fast as possible uh but again i'll say like it's worth it in the long run if you actually invest in these original pieces just i I mean not again not just artistically for my sake i love it to be artistically but if you're gonna think about money wise Mm -hmm. like the shit that makes the most money is the shit that's original 
look at how much money Be More Chill is making right now. Because it's, is it completely yeah. reinventing the wheel? No, but is it an original brand new musical that people are able to connect with and yeah. now is has gone from a, a theater in New Jersey to Broadway? Well, yeah. think about Broadway in a, for a second and all the revivals uh, we get. One second? One second. All the seconds. All the seconds. But all the revivals we get, like sure, they can be successful, they can make some money, but it's the original stuff that lasts the longest. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying I hate revivals. It's just... It, the, the, Oh, I love them, but it's... Yeah, these televised musicals are just really interesting to me because they they feel forced. Absolutely. They always feel forced. I will say, watching Vanessa Hudgens in Rent Live, and this is a positive note I have for her, she, it was the ultimate, like, I don't know if she had direction, I don't know if, how much research she did on the part, I don't, I can't necessarily say that her performance was a good interpretation of that role but it was so committed and so like mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best on this and we have to remember this was a dress rehearsal they were doing yep. and I'm sure some people were like oh tomorrow's gonna be better like I'm I'm saving some stuff up she went whole hog she was like nope these 2,000 people are here to see us yeah. I'm going to give it my all yeah. and I give her mad oh, no. for that same I actually like I did a stupid little Instagram story where at first I was kind of like a little poking fun at her maybe I was a little mean once mm-hmm. but I took it down very shortly because I had the same response to her. I I, I, I eventually... She won me over. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 as much as you can with Rent and with that character because I hate Maureen. But yeah, I... Well, Maureen is also... She, I think she's the only person in that entire show that Jonathan Larson's like, she's kind of the worst. She is the worst. But she, yeah, I agree with everything you said about her. Um, and especially coming from The Princess Switch, which was my favorite holiday <laughs> I movie. I haven't seen it. Oh, I will stop this podcast right now and just watch it. Well, right listeners, if, you are, if you're listening right now, uh, you can look up Sarah Divini on Instagram. She has to be mentioned at one point in this podcast. This is her moment. It's S-A-R-A space D-E-V-I-N-E-Y. Uh, DM her and say, why haven't you carved out time yet to watch The Princess Switch with Matt? He texted you about it and you still haven't done it. Yeah. So let's cyber bully this girl. Yes, please do. And um, no. But the porn fox and its artists. I, I've i never laughed so hard at a Christmas movie that was, it's, it is, it is absurd. Sure. They make her say the word schedule. 40,000 times because that's the only word she could kind of sound British on. Schedule. Um, Love it. No, but so so coming from the princess switch to doing this, I, I, she, she, oh. she, I was really impressed by her. I really, I think this, I think this was, I mean, not that I'm ever worried about Vanessa Hudgens. Her I think just because of her name and who she sure. is, she, she will constantly be working. Yeah. But someone said something the other day or someone posted, you know, get Vanessa back on Broadway with like a good Broadway show. And I thought the same thing. Yeah. I, I, I Did thought, you see Gigi? No, but I heard she was charming. Didn't we talk about? Did you? Were, did we were, maybe were we doing this podcast when Gigi was on? No, I don't think I knew you when Gigi was on the Broadway. I went to opening night of Gigi. Gigi. Uh, she was charming in the sense that it was so clear how much she loved being up there, and she again was giving it like a hundred and fifty percent. Yeah, uh, that is such a hard role. Gigi, uh, because you essentially have to act like a bratty teenager and become a fully formed, mature woman in the course of an evening. Kind of what I do every day. Yeah, and and actually sell it. And you have to do it without seeming like a, a slow child in the first half and like a concubine in the second half. Uh, oh, I, I never, I never um, achieve that. No, you never do. You I, always look like a concubine. Yeah. Uh, and she, she definitely tried. I think that a lot of that, a lot of elements of that production worked against her. I think she was woefully underdirected. I think mm. 
uh, the director was like giving her like broad colors to go with, and then she just went with it. Um, mm. Yeah, no, I would love to see her on Broadway again. I would like to see her in a better formed musical. I would like to have her with a director who's a really strong one who really works with his actors. Yeah, because I think she's so very talented, and I think she has a lot of great ideas. I think that she needs someone to truly refine her performances. Though. Yeah, um, let's get her and Casey Nicola together. I feel yeah. like he'd be a good director. He'd be a good director for her. Yeah, or um, like. I was going to say George C. Wolf. He might be a little too intense for her. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Michael Mayer. I think Michael Mayer would get something good out of her. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think so, too. Uh, so, you know, something like that. So, Vanessa, if you're listening, baby, uh, we're, th- we're caring for you. Hey, we're listening girl, for you. Be, be proud of you. Be proud. We're, we're rooting for you. We're working for you. I'd love to see her in an original TV live event. I think that she's someone, a talent that they can totally work with and yeah. around. Uh, yeah, because she can she can sing and she's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. She's very beautiful. She's got abs for days. I know. Oh I was god. I was. Oh my god! That, right. that jawline too. I was like, you can cut leather with that. She jawline. has an alphabet jawline. She does. She does. Ha- I, I yeah. Um, good for her. So I think this is the moment where we should probably start to make like Rogers footcast just wrap it up. Who? Roger. Oh, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know him. We didn't, we actually didn't talk much about that. That was all very interesting. Yeah, what, so, I, if we give, if we want to talk for like another 10 seconds, and by 10 seconds, I mean 20,000 years. Um, yeah, it was very interesting, people's reactions to the whole situation. Some people are like, they should have done it still live with him in the wheelchair. They should have gotten another Roger from like Aaron DeVate or Anna Pascal. It was the weirdest audition for Dear Evan Hansen I've ever seen. Yeah. Why don't they have an understudy? I was like, imagine if it was Vanessa Hudgens who broke her foot. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yes, this understudy is going on. They would lose a million viewers. Yeah. You need, yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. I sometimes, maybe it's because I'm just so cynical about Hollywood in general and I know how much it's just about bottom money. dollar. Hmm? Yeah. About yeah, about money. the money, about the money, money, honey. That when people are like, artist, I think artistically speaking, like once you say art, you you lose. Don't yeah, you, say you, it. You lost them. Um... Yeah, and they're like, I think artistically speaking, this could work if you did. No, no, stop it. You lost. You lost all those execs. You got to. Yeah. How's it going to save the money? How's it going to be most efficient? That's what they want to know. Yeah. Um. That was so weird. It was. It was. Very, it was very odd. Also, in New York, the um, all of like the Fox apps if you were watching mm-hmm. it via, watching it via apple tv or roku mm-hmm. or anything like that um Lindsay and i were trying to watch together her apartment via roku and all the apps crashed damn yeah so fox was not prepared for how many gay people live in new york city that is which true. speaks high which speaks very specifically of what um, they're thinking of they that is very true they don't think about us gays here they don't not at all uh I would, I would like to also just give Sarah a little edge here. She did text me while it was happening. I was working, so I couldn't watch live. She was texting me a couple times during it. And she goes, um, so just like, what's the purpose of out tonight other than that it's a bop? I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I mean, she just talks about how she wants to go out tonight yeah. for four minutes. I was like, yeah, today for you is just Angel saying what she did earlier that day for four minutes. Yeah, um, I know. Tell me about it. Yeah. And she was like, I feel like that's half the score of Rent. And I was like, yeah, boo. That's that's half the score of rent. It's just they're either singing things that shouldn't be sung to each other, like "Can you please pass the fork," or um, they're just reciting something that happened earlier for twenty minutes. And Gives then, me. oh dear God, what dear God, Miss Menzel, let them lower a key once in your goddamn life. Yes. Why does she? Why do they always let her sing live? And why do they always do it in the original key? You know she can't. S- no. Also, drives me crazy. I also Sorry. when what. 
towards the end of when they brought the original cast back and Daphne Urban Vega started singing the soloist bit towards the end, I clutched my pearls because I thought we were all under the understanding that talented as Miss Vega is, she's not a singer with a capital S. No. She's got an interesting voice and Lord knows I love listening to her on the Rocky Horror Show. Yeah, I do like, too. That, she sounds, she sounds ferocious. Awesome. That. But like that's that that's a score that fits her voice. Yep. She's not like a measure you're laughing love. That's not her. No. So when she started to do it and luckily everybody else like joined her with it at the end but she started to do it I was like I'm no, Who? didn't I? Idina started the solo, didn't she? No, but then Daphne came in on that. No, you got to measure your life in love. Uh, that whole bit. Oh, you know what I love is a gift from up above. I, was I, like, think I, I think I passed out at that moment. I no. honestly don't remember because I think I was just like, Idina! And I, I, went, s- I went into like an Idina rage coma. <gasps> I also <laughs> give Idina Menzel props for wearing an outfit that w- she was wearing a mini skirt and thigh high boots. She looked amazing. But it was, she did look amazing. But she was standing next to Tay Diggs and I, I felt as if and from what I understand they are on good terms in terms of their yeah, divorce of they have a child together and everything and it's not my business whether they are or they aren't but it's my business it's John's business he was part, he was their mediator but yeah. I I imagined that she was in the wardrobe trailer and she said I'm going to be standing next to my ex-husband on national TV I need to look amazing yeah and so they said mini skirt and thigh high boots and she said yes please uh, I agree with that I, I just saw that outfit I was like that is a Stella got her groove back outfit yeah and she, I did that looked, reference for a reason people she looked stunning she, she really looked, did and she, I and I am a fan of her I've seen her in multiple things I heard she was so amazing in that Josh Harmon play um, I heard that too yeah but um, I just but just don't give don't, don't, don't give her the original don't key. give her a live original key solo no everyone. she's her voice is still very good but she's older yes. now yeah, her voice is yeah, very good there, there's yeah. nothing wrong with putting in lower keys Barbara keeps going in lower keys it's fine exactly if Barbara can do it so can you and yeah so give Sarah Barella sings she used to be mine in a lower key yeah she does uh, so, and she and wrote it she did they also lowered the key on I believe for Elder Price in Book of Mormon for, like, yep yeah like it's for fine for Gavin yeah it's just do it uh, but they I think they kept it after he left oh did they i believe they did i believe i believe they did uh <laughs> see what i did there oh, i see what you did there and i am just what what is this that podcast anymore <laughs> uh yeah so the bottom line with that original cast is dina we love you go to a lower key and daphne we love you you're not the rent soloist and i was i got very nervous because she you went could, on for a while everyone's buttholes clenching she went on for a moment. while and then they had other people join her but it, it got to the point where i was like oh no <coughs> oh no is she gonna are they, is she gonna try is she gonna try i got very scared yeah i was um, as well yeah i was like i thought we were all under the understanding that she's not the soloist right <laughs> anywho now we're done yeah i'm done uh, I'm yeah done. now we wrap it up now now we're in live has gotten me in a sour mood again oh i'm sorry sorry boo um so this is the end of our cast today. I would like to thank John for joining me. Uh, the end of our cast today? Of our cast, of our pod, of our peeps, of our... I don't know. What Do, do we not say cast of the pod? Of our app? I, 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 just, I got confused. Maybe we've said it before, but I was like, what are you talking about? Did I get cast? I'm breathing it. Did I book? <laughs> um, no, thank you for joining This is the end of our now. potty. Oh my God. Of our squatty potty, everybody. No, this is the end of our episode for this podcast. Uh, thank you for staying with us to the very bitter end. And how it got quite bitter at the it, end. It did. We support everyone until we get bitter. We, yeah, we support <laughs> anyone until the caffeine wears off. And yeah. then it's a fucking uh, and then Hunger the tr- Games. Truth comes out. I mean, let's be, not everything art-wise is good. And you're allowed to not like it. You are absolutely not allowed to not like it. But, you know, I would say just don't 
outwardly trash just because yeah, a i think nothing comes from it like it just it feels like you're spewing for a second to get the venom out but right. also like someone most people worked hard on their things yeah. unless it's finding neverland and <laughs> every fucking episode i'll bring it up every episode unless it's finding neverland they worked hard on it and so if you don't like it you're allowed to say so but you know just be a human being about it yeah be a human being everybody if, be a human shoshana yeah, bean shoshana bean uh <laughs> who would we like oh sorry before we say that uh please subscribe please rate please write a review uh, something that nicole byer does on would you date me she asks people to write really nasty reviews and by nasty she means like dirty filthy like sexy reviews about things they want to do to her don't do that for us because I don't on the off chance my mom does figure out how to find this podcast. I don't want her to read that. But like we have we've had I think two reviews now that have been pretty effusive in how gay we are. I would like another review to elaborate how gay this podcast is and we'll read it dramatically. I'll have John read it dramatically this time because I did the last one. I can't read. You can't read. You can you speak into Siri for your tweets. <laughs> this is this is the moment that it all comes it all comes crashing comes down. Yeah, I cha- I want. I like to challenge our next reviewer because we had one that said, "I love it," and it was from Miss Vanjie, Miss Vanjie herself. So, yeah. need someone to go even be above and beyond that. Uh, yeah, mention mention our divas. Mention how John talks about bottoming all the time. Me, talk about talk about my talk about my rants and and all those good things. Anywho, uh, let's close this shit out, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's pick ourselves a diva. Um. <laughs> Who? I don't know. I want to say Adina. I also am positive we've had her closer out. Closer. I'm out. positive we haven't because I don't think I would have let that. Happen. No. Oh no. But we can let it happen. No. I was like, or we could save Vanessa. Uh, I was gonna say Vanessa. I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with her discography. But maybe, I, I don't know. Some did High she, School Musical, some say, Gigi. Did she, did she have like a ballad in High School Musical? She had a ballad in Gigi. Uh, she had some, she, I, remember she, I remember she wrote a letter where she like went across the stage as she wrote the letter. And I was like, this is interesting. <laughs> sure, let's do her. <laughs> let's just, I'll find something. I'll find something Vanessa Hudgensy. Yeah. And, and she'll close us out because we support her. We support her in her next endeavor. We do. But Good consult luck. us, please, because we have ideas. We, we have some thoughts for you. Good luck, girl. Good luck, girl. Rooting for you. Love Rooting your for hair. you. Hope you win. <laughs> and your, book us into your schedule, please. And schedule. Bye. Stay home every night. Wait around. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.